People tell me I'm wise, but I don't feel wise. How can I connect with my inner wisdom? A distinction here, which is probably useful to make from the very beginning, is that having something is a rather different thing than noticing something. You know, you could imagine having lots of money in the bank, but for whatever reason you forgot you had it, as unlikely as that might be, it could happen. Uh, there are plenty of things we might have, but forget we have. You've probably had that experience where you have a, a widget of some description, but you kind of forgot you had one and you go out and buy another one and you come home and you find the one you already had and you go, oh, I had one of those already. So these are the kinds of things, you know, in principle, it's there. So with wisdom, you know, if you think for just a moment, and it's actually a very interesting thing to do, is just to stop and think how much wisdom you have as a person, how much knowledge you have, how much experience you have. It's hard to even know how you'd go about quantifying it because it's not something you can necessarily list. It's not what we call in, in psychology and in cognitive psychology declarative. So when it comes to memory that you can say, okay, I remember this specific thing. Some of it is facts and information like Paris is the capital of France, things like that. Some of it is a skill, though, just how to do a particular thing in a way that you're particularly good at doing. Some of it is things like balance while walking, things like riding bicycles. There's a whole bunch of stuff that would be very hard to even know how to catalog it, even if you had all the time and the resources to do that. Where would you even begin? So this leads to a problem, which is that in some ways, the wiser you are, we could say in some ways, the less you notice it. Now, you could say that, okay, you notice the effects of it, and that's true. You know, So if you're very good at cycling, you'll probably notice that it's easier for you to cycle and you find yourself getting places. But often you won't notice that. You know, so if you take walking, assuming you're comfortable enough in your walking, you tend not to notice you're walking that much. And that's kind of a good thing. The, the, the other classic example here is health. You know, When you're very healthy, you don't tend to be thinking about health that much. And that's a really nice thing because it means it's just working. Same with technology. You notice technology when it's not working. When it is working, it becomes invisible, isn't it? It's just this transparent thing that you use. You're typing, you're not thinking about the keys. You're driving, you're not thinking about the vehicle. You're walking, you're not thinking about your feet. It becomes invisible, incorporated in the language of phenomenology. So when that incorporation happens, the thing becomes sort of invisible. And things don't always start off that way. Uh, very often it's very clunky at first. If we're learning to play an instrument or to drive or to type, there's a mass amount of overthinking. We weren't maybe conscious of it at all. Then we become aware that we can do the thing. We practice doing the thing, but we're still doing it rather consciously. And then it becomes uh, what they often call an unconscious competence. So you're good at doing the thing but you're not specifically thinking about the thing. You're just doing it. You're getting on with it. And that's great because that frees up your mental bandwidth then. So that means that as you're driving, you have more mental space. Now, the use for that mental space then is not to just go and think about totally non-related things and to distract yourself too much, but it's to have more free capacity to actually look at the road ahead. Because you wouldn't want to be driving, looking down at the gears or looking down at the pedals and where was that again? You want to make all of that uh, unconsciously competent so that you're then free to just put your resources in being present and looking at what's happening ahead of you. 
And this is true in many other professions as well. Uh, Stand-up comedians would be a good example. People like me who do guided visualization work. When you practice actors, when you practice doing that, you do get in the zone very much while doing it. But what happens is you're able to think ahead a little bit then as well. Now, you're not thinking ahead about something non-related, but you're thinking about, okay, this feels right now. Now, where is the natural next step? Just like if you're going for a walk and you're enjoying each step, but you go, okay, now where will I turn next? So you're thinking a little bit ahead whilst also connecting and grounding yourself in the experiencing that you're having in the present moment that you're in. So wisdom can be a little bit like that. We have lots of it very often, but as we accumulate it, we start to see it a little bit less. So it is nice to take a moment to notice some of that wisdom. And there's different ways of doing that. Um, one is to just literally reflect, you know, to stop for a moment and to breathe and to feel a bit of gratitude for some of the abilities that you have or to think back at some of the lessons you've learned in your life. And of course, this is a kind of a never-ending challenge. Your goal in doing this is not to try and list them all and because you have a high number, therefore feel good. This is more like the process they use for quality control in factories, where rarely are they able to check every single item that comes off the belt. But what they will do is they will uh, check the machines every so often, but then they'll pull out a random sample every so often. And they go, is that one okay? Yeah, looks good. Okay, happy with that. And then a while later, okay, take that one off the line. Is that okay? Yeah, okay, good. And in that way, they look for samples which kind of give an overall indicator of what's likely happening across the, the whole system. So you can do something similar. You know, might choose a few topic areas in your life. You might say, well, in terms of relationships, what's something I learned about relationships in my life? You know, what's the insight that comes forward for me when I think about that? Because if, if I just ask you right now the question, what do you know? Uh, not about relationships now, but just generally, what do you know? There's what we can call a search problem there because <laughs> we don't have any keywords. This is, is just too broad a question. You know, you're typing nothing into a search engine. There's nothing to really prime it. There's no direction to guide it in. So that can be a real problem. So sometimes we need to break it down a little bit. You don't necessarily need to know the answer to the question that you're asking, but you need to know what the question is sometimes. So if you can say, okay, well, what wisdom do I have in terms of relationships? And maybe you want to get even more specific. You know, what type of relationships? What have I learned about friendship in my life that matters? What have I noticed from other people? What have I noticed myself? What about health and wellness? You know, my relationship with myself. What have I learned over the course of time about that? Just checking in on that. This maybe memories come forward. Or it mightn't even be a memory. It could just be a kind of a global idea, like a value. You know, something you go, yeah, I've recognized that. Or maybe I'm good at that. Maybe I'm good at listening. Maybe I'm good at talking. That's valid too. And, you know, of course, we can balance it. If we see anything that we think maybe needs a bit of work, you can do that work. But it's coming from a nice place, just a, a place of recognition. 
terms of achieving things. I, you know, you've achieved a lot in your life. Look, if you've made it this far and you're able to listen and understand half of this, something's working. You know, you, you're able to speak languages, you're able to listen, you're able to operate technology enough to be able to even access these ideas. You, there's a lot working. There's an immeasurable amount working well. How did you get there? What's your secret? What are some of your strategies? So taking a moment to break that down and notice it can be really useful and it might be something you want to do as a semi-regular technique. And again, it's not about any particular outcome. It's more just the act of looking inwards and recognizing some of what's there, which can be helpful. Another interesting thing is that sometimes self-concept gets in the way here. So we'll have this concept of who I am as a person. And because maybe we don't see yourself as a wise person, ironically, what can happen is sometimes if we don't see ourselves as a wise person, that encourages us to be constantly learning. But because we're constantly learning, we're becoming wise. But we forget to update our self-concept that we now have wisdom. So we still maybe see ourselves as not knowing as much as other people. And the problem is that may be in, a, in a, an illusory way that may be demonstrated to us because you're probably going to meet somebody who knows all about certain music you don't or has watched certain films you haven't or has come across research you haven't. Inevitably, whatever the area is, they are able to bake something that you're not. It can be anything. And you go, oh. <laughs> and in comparison to them, you notice the things you don't know. The stuff you do already know, you don't even see it. It becomes invisible to you. And so unfortunately, there's this kind of confirmation bias that you maybe don't have that wisdom, which just isn't really true. There's always going to be other stuff we can learn, but that doesn't mean you don't have an immense amount of wisdom to begin with. So sometimes the self-concept stops us from recognizing the wisdom. Now, this might matter sometimes. Maybe you can just use your wisdom and get on with your life and you're good. But Sometimes it can cause problems because sometimes we're not withdrawing some of the knowledge that we have in the bank account. We're not appreciating some of the wisdom that we have and we're needlessly looking for it on the outside when in fact it was already there on the inside. Now, there may not be any harm in getting it from the outside as well. It can help us to grow and develop. But it's nice to recognize what's there and develop it rather than ignore what's there and then seek it when in fact it was there to be developed in the first place. So one one method you can play with here if you wish is just to stop for a moment and to imagine an inner teacher, a wise person of some description and picture them any way you want, maybe like a character from a film or might be somebody who you know in your life who you consider particularly wise or learned or whatever it might be. And just to take a moment and just imagine you're maybe in a room talking with that person and you can ask them whatever you want. You know, one question, another question, another question. And when you do that, you might find some really interesting answers come up. You know, they give you some really profound wisdom. And what's really interesting about that is, of course, the other person wasn't in the room. You, you were the one who was imagining them. And that means that was your wisdom coming up. Now, you might say, well, I don't know if it was my wisdom. This was stuff I got from other people that I've learned. Yeah, that's still your wisdom. <laughs> that's how it works. If you have it, if you've access to it, it's yours. Because knowledge is a bit like software. 
you know, in a sense, all software is someone else's software. You know, even if you design your own programs, still the operating system is probably built by somebody else. So it's always a shared commodity that we have. And that's what's nice about ideas. Generally, if you have a great idea and then somebody else has a great idea, usually you lose nothing by sharing it because you still have your ideas. And even from the point of view of competition, that can actually be useful sometimes because if other people start using good ideas as well, that often creates an ecosystem for those good ideas so that they're doing it and you're doing it and it's pro-social and you're helping each other and you just create a nice environment to be in. So even on that perspective, it can be really useful. So it's interesting to maybe do that, to kind of imagine that inner teacher and just see what you're able to access. And it, it's just a simple demonstration of just how much wisdom you have. So if you notice that you have that wisdom, then you can say, well, actually, yeah, the problem isn't a lack of that. The problem is just not actually connecting with it, not recognizing that it's there and not using it well. So that's something that you might want to practice doing, recognizing the wisdom that you have, thinking of examples of it, or if you do need to create the frame a kind of a conceptual frame of another person or you in a teacher role just to kind of look at it from that angle. And when you look at it from that angle, it's amazing what wisdom can bubble up. You can recognize and appreciate it a bit more. If you found this valuable, do like, subscribe and share. And what's your experience? Do you have any questions or topic suggestions? You can contribute in the comments on social media using hashtag BodyMindSelf or on jfl.com.